week three of Wired, where we've been exploring how God's made us. We have looked at personality and ministry passion styles, and our main focus has been on spiritual gifts. Our focus so far has been primarily on ourselves and how we're made. And today, I'd like to widen the lens a little more to talk about how we are meant for community. It's why school is better when we're in person. Of course we can learn from home. I mean, you're doing it but there's so much more to the experience. When you're in a classroom with other students, hearing stories and explanations from the teacher and your peers. It's like hearing your favorite song through a tin can versus live in concert. There's just something about being together and working together that makes things fuller and deeper. Even God is community. Of course, as Christians, we worship one God, but God is three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And we refer to this mystery as the Trinity, each with a specific role, working in perfect unity. And the church is meant to be a reflection of this. Our spiritual gifts are part of that. Like Ethan explained, spiritual gifts are not a Christian superpower that makes you a hero or a savior. We already have one of those. This is a gift that when used within the context of other people who were called and also gifted by God's Spirit, create a beautiful community that we call church, whose purpose is to be blessed by God in order to be a blessing to each other and the world. And Megan mentioned last week that the verses from the letter that Paul wrote um, to the Corinthian church, that, where he uses the analogy of a body. Each part is essential and has its own purpose. And they are called gifts for two reasons. The first is because we receive them from the Holy Spirit, because that's one of the rules of the Holy Spirit. And the second, because they are all meant to be used to assist and help the body of Christ. And we receive these spiritual gifts, but we must also learn how to use them and give them away. Paul says to the Corinthian church, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now, there's a group in the States called the Barna Group, and they do all sorts of surveys, mostly across the US, having to do with Christianity. And they did one a number of years ago in churches about spiritual gifts. The researcher pointed out that even though there had been an increase in the percentage of believers who had heard of spiritual gifts, more people claimed they did not have one. And so the researcher was alarmed by this. He says, the perception that God has prepared others for special service to his kingdom, but has left them out of the process is not only inaccurate, but it's harmful to the church. Some believers feel an acute sense of disappointment that they have been spiritually discriminated against, while others use this perception as an excuse to let the gifted believers serve. Our goal with this, ser with this series is that you will be informed about spiritual gifts. So I invite you to head to your breakout rooms and take a look at a few verses.
So what points does Paul want to make clear about spiritual gifts? The first is that they originate from the Spirit. They are to show who God is. Everyone gets one and everyone benefits. And the verse from 1 Peter explains that how our specific gifts are to be used to serve one another. Now the researcher from the Barna Group also wrote that one of the functions of the local church is to help believers understand who they are in Christ, how they are supposed to live the Christian life more fully, focusing on spiritual gifts, especially what they are, who has them, how to discover one's giftedness, and how to use these gifts most appropriately. Knowing this could ignite a movement of service and influence unlike anything we've experienced during our lifetime, he said. So I've asked Taya, one of our encounter shepherds, if she would share about her experience with spiritual gifts. So I'm gonna pass it over to her. When I think about spiritual gifts, it gives me a bit of a chuckle. Truthfully, I didn't quite understand the concept of spiritual gifts until more recently, more recent than I cared to admit. They weren't something I remember being taught in depth, and certainly no one spoke to me about what my specific spiritual gifts were. It's not that I didn't think I had any, but I started to wonder if I had any. It wasn't until I interviewed for a job at the church I was attending. One of the interview questions I was asked was, what do you think are your spiritual gifts? And it completely caught me off guard. My mind went completely blank, and I was embarrassed that I had to say I didn't really know. The person interviewing me, thankfully, didn't roll their eyes at me, not being able to give an answer, but instead spoke over me. They shared what they saw in me and what they felt my spiritual gifts were. And at the time of my interview, pre-COVID, I was active throughout the church in teaching Sunday school, leading youth group, reading scripture, and taking part within the service in various ways. And so they believed one of my spiritual gifts was teaching. I had never considered my interest in teaching a spiritual gift. I just thought it was something I enjoyed. I've always been drawn to teaching and sharing God's word and studying scripture. I don't know why, but I never considered that to be a gift. I just thought it was a part of who I was. When I gave it some more thought, I realized what they were saying was so true. My joy and passion for teaching was certainly a gift from God, and he wanted me to use it. When it came to schooling and my career, I always felt like I was kind of floating from one thing to the next. And this recognition and focus on my spiritual gifts changed the direction of my career. And I am so fortunate to have the job I have now as a youth worker at a local church. I have the privilege of working within a community that supports the gifts given to me through the Spirit. Community is such a vital part of our spiritual gifts. For me, I don't know when I would have began to discover what my spiritual gifts are if it weren't for my community. Being part of a community not only gives us the freedom and space to explore what our gifts are, but also the opportunity to work on and refine them. Within my church, I've been given the chance to preach on several occasions and have taught many a Sunday school lesson and youth group. Being part of a faith community, attending church, going to youth group, and fellowshipping with friends is so incredibly important in the work of discerning and growing our spiritual gifts. Thank you, Taya. That's such a great example of the church working as it's supposed to. All the different gifts working together like our bodies do. 
Uh, have you ever had this happen where maybe you sit too long and your leg is under you and when you get up it's asleep and you have to wait for the pins and needles to work themselves out so you can walk properly? Or if you've been to the dentist and had your mouth frozen and you can't feel anything and then you try to drink something and it just all dribbles out. It's hard when our body parts don't work like they're supposed to because every part is necessary and the church is like that as well. It's important to be a part of a community at a local church and to commit to one. It's an amazing experience to belong, where the people there know you, where you can help, where they can help you discover who God has made you to be and to grow in your gifts. And as Megan said last week, the answers you get from a spiritual gift test is fine, but it's just the very first step. You need to find confirmation of your spiritual gifts within the context of community in a local church. And it should be a place where you're able to use those gifts to bless the community. Maybe it's in the band or in the nursery, at the soundboard, setting up chairs or welcoming people as they arrive. And when you're not there, people notice. It's like having your mouth frozen and it's not working properly because the water's dribbling down. And now that level of commitment and involvement can be uncomfortable, but it's also deeply fulfilling. God has arranged the parts just as he wanted them to be. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. First Corinthians, Paul writes that in 1 Corinthians. So just showing up once in a while to a building on a Sunday morning or a Friday evening won't grow that community or you. The growth that can happen in that kind of context is shallow. It's not Jesus's vision or purpose for the church. It's like a stone skipping across the water. There's just no depth. And your spiritual gift is not for you. Being a Christian is actually not for you either. This is something that I just read the other day and I just thought it fit perfectly. The author said, we are shaped by the power of the Holy Spirit for the sake of others. We may not be reminded enough that our spiritual growth is for the sake of other people, not for us, but for our neighbors, for our communities, for the sake of doing the work of Jesus here on this earth in this time to see the kingdom of God break through the world, into the world just a little bit more tomorrow than it did today. When we know and use our gifts within the community of the church, others flourish, others are blessed, and God is made known. What an exciting invitation we have to be a part of that.